I'm Helen. And I'm Ali. This is Cars of the Macabre. Profanities guaranteed. Viewer discretion is advised. And this is going to be part two of the Essex Boys murders. I'm really excited. Yeah. We went through a lot last time. I'm going to try and recap. Yes. See, let's see. Yeah, let's test to see if you're listening. What do you remember from part one of the Essex Boys murders? So, gangsters. I'm really scared of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, there was three men. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to recall their names? You just, do you want to just do the recap? Because my brain doesn't so much work. <laughs> sure. I so, remember it, but just not the details. I can't remember their names. So it was Craig Rolf, yep. Tony Tucker and Pat Tate. Yep. All members of the Essex Boys um, gang. Uh, they were found dead in a Range Rover by um, two gentlemen who were on their way to feed 800 pheasants. See, I remember very specifically the Range Rover and the 800 pheasants, but I couldn't remember their names. Uh, We went through who they were as people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very violent, you know, into the drug scene, um, lots of criminal activity, that kind of jazz. Then we went into possible theories as to why they were killed. So they were linked to um, Kevin Whitaker, Mm -hmm. um, who on the surface of things, looks, looked like he died of drugs overdose. Mm-hmm. Leah Betts, which co- uh, caused a massive sort of sensation across Britain um, when she died have, after falling into a coma, having taken an ecstasy tablet that was bought at Raquel's nightclub where Tucker's bouncers worked. Yep. So it looked like it was um, kind of like a vessel to control their drugs business, essentially. Mm-hmm. What else was there? There was... Drugs a- in a pond. Drugs in a Pond that, by today's standards, was nearly one and a half million pounds. No, more than that. Lots of money. Oh, yeah. So nearly 1.2 million pounds. So basically, go back and listen to the other episode. You'll get all the details. Yes. Um, You'll start to see how so many... There were so many theories, so many lines of inquiry that the police had to follow up with, all kind of disregarded, that kind of thing. I mean, there may have been involvement, there may have been a connection and stuff, but it all turns out that all these theories that I went through in the previous episode weren't what led to the demise of the Essex Boys. Okay, so that's your recap. So if you haven't listened to the first first one of these, go back and listen to it. And um, also, thank you for listening, people. We're, we're just... I'm just doing a little bit in between before you start. Okay, yeah, go. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Don't know why I'm whispering. People can still hear me. Um, what have you got to update me on anything? Uh, updating. Oh, I had a hearing test. 
I need a hearing test. So over the years, it has been flagged up that my hearing isn't great. I either mishear or I I just generally don't hear people. Um, (laughs) They have to be looking at me. Um, I have to see the faces, that kind of thing. Um, You know, it's it's a bit more than that. But um, it got to the point where I had to go and take Mark's glasses in to Specsavers and to get the little rubber nosy bits Mm -hmm. replaced and they obviously offer free hearing tests and he was like yeah we can do that um it will be an audio pad self-led test headphones that kind of thing but when I went in the iPad was broken so the audiologist saw me it wasn't like a proper in-depth one yeah um but she went through um sort of like a, a mini test if you will and she was like at the moment I'm not concerned but it is starting, to, your hearing's kind of dropping off and background noise seems to be a real problem. Uh, I've had tinnitus, oh, I've got tinnitus, um, I've had vertigo in the past. She said if they return or get worse, I get pain, things like that, then to go back. But I need to go see them in a couple of years' time. I didn't know you'd had vertigo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was when? when I, uh, oh, God, it was years ago. I was working at the funeral home in Cambridge at the time and um, yeah, I couldn't drive. You didn't tell me this. Oh, it was... Oh, it's the worst thing. How long did it go on for? Uh, oh, I wasn't with you then. Um, sorry, <laughs> I'm looking at you like you know. <laughs> uh, gosh, it was at least a week. No, it was longer than a week. See, I that's one of those weird things that kind of fascinates me. I don't want it just to let the Honestly, universe you know. Oh, I but, felt so sick. Oh God, is it a bit like being feeling travel sick? Plus the. You know, the whole height thing. You're not at any... I would be driving and all of a sudden I'd just go really woozy. And, oh, th- and that's why. If, it, if you know, if you have it bad, you cannot drive. Um, they mm. gave me, like, tablets What stuff. tablets did you take? Oh, I can't remember the name of them, Helen. Mm. That's way too long ago. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, no, it was it was horrific. Mm. Yeah, so... Um, so you're not deaf yet? Not yet. Uh, but, yeah, it needs to be kept an eye on. But I do have lovely clear ears. Oh, that's nice. Which is really good because I'm one of those naughty people that uses cotton buds to clean oh, her do. ears. Yeah. She's like, it's all right as long as you don't have like a build up of wax in there already because that's when it will push it back in. Oh. Um, but to be mindful that your ear canal is only two and a half centimetres long. <laughs> yeah, the amount of times I've like shoved yeah. myself in the brain. Yeah, so yeah, just be careful. Be careful. Be careful. I need a hearing test. I definitely need a hearing test. I'm fine with high pitches. So girls' voices is fine. Boys' voices, no. Need to be looking directly at Goober to know what he's saying. Yeah. That he to just you mouth too. fuck off at you. Yeah. But that's all right. That's okay. Because we're family. Do you know what? I think our listeners would like Goober. Everybody likes Goober. Everyone does like Everyone Goober. Everyone likes but... Goober more than us two. Well, yeah. I mean, he's not even spoken about everyone like is like, no, we love Gilbert. Yeah. yeah. We should definitely have him feature on here. That's all I'm saying. Well, when we start filming, yes. we will. He will be in the visual situation. He can see his pretty little face. you got a pretty mouth, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I like your sleeves. <laughs> so, um, I did, well, this is annoying me. So I did my nails because obviously... Halloween is every day. Mm-hmm. I tried to do some spiders on them, uh, but I was doing it like late last night in between writing episodes for, for <laughs> podcast, and they ended up looking a little bit more like, uh, I'm going to say dandelion. <laughs> and I put a crystal in the middle of the spider to be the spider's body, 
And it's fucking fallen off. And it's now really annoying me. That was only on for a few hours. Where did you get them from, Helen? The crystals. What, the crystals? Oh, Amazon. Oh, I was going to say, if you said like Sheen or Timo, like, yeah, no wonder they fell off. Um, well, first world problems, that. I know, it really is, but it's very annoying because now it just even looks more like a fucking dandelion. Are you going to fall into a Victorian melancholy now? No. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh woe is me. I take Laudanum to sleep. Oh, Laudanum. Mm. Where do I know that from? Laudanum. Laudanum. <laughs> the more Laudanum. you say it. <laughs> Peaky Blinders? I don't, I've not watched Peaky Blinders yet. Oh, for fuck's sake. Right, you two, <laughs> what did I tell you? You've got homework, you've got to watch Stranger Things, even if it's just the first series. Okay. And uh, I mean this as a matter of urgency. And for God's sake, at least watch the first series of Peaky Blinders. It's not funny, Goober. Watch the first series of Peaky Blinders, because it's absolutely amazing. And I quote it all the fucking time. So half the time, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. You know, she's really angry. She's starting to swear like me now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, the thing is, there is a trigger, a blanket trigger warning on all of our podcasts for yeah. sweary pants. It says for viewers, but we meant listeners. Yeah. That's my fault because I wrote the intro. <laughs> and, and if you've seen Anchorman, obviously Helen only says what's on the teleprompter. That's <laughs> all right. Shall we get into part two of the Essex Boys? We shall. I just thought it was really important that we caught up on Ali's not quite deaf yet. Yep. Helen's uh, spider bum crystal has fallen off. Yep. And you two have got to watch Peaky Blinders and Stranger Things, even if it's just the first series, which, to be fair, are the best of both anyway. Well, there we go. Okay. Okay. Right. So, we left off at Billy Jasper. Sorry, excuse me, I just dropped the iPad. What is wrong with me? I don't know, but that's not a very good stand. Uh, I'm really sorry, folks. We will get there eventually. We have to have Goober for life because he just sorts us out. He pre-warned me. He's like, it's not a very good stand, so just be careful with it, yeah? But me being clumsy was not careful with it. I know, I've done that over, though. Apologies. I apologise profusely. Yeah, so we left off at Billy Jasper, who claimed to be the getaway driver. Um, but he weren't. Right. So this is where Operation Sentry came into play. It's a cool name. Yeah. It was set up by the Essex police and its purpose was to bring pressure to those suspected of having knowledge of the triple murder. Now, Operation Sentry was timed to coincide with the 1996 February bombing of Canary Wharf. Do you remember that? No. Oh. How come I don't remember that? I have no idea. But when you went, oh, I was like, oh, she knows. No, that's really strange. I, li- there's, I have no recollection of that at all. I would have been, what? Oh, you, yeah, but you're, oh, you're a lot younger. Did he? Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, it was pretty big. How do I not remember that? 96. If you remember the bombing of Canary Wharf in 1996, please let us know. Tell us of I didn't what were you doing at the time? Uh, I'm trying to think if I was smoking weed at that point in my life. I might have been. That might be why I can't remember it. Could be. Jesus, that is... We're just looking at pictures of it on Google and that is something else. Fucking hell. So the bombing of Canary Wharf was a renewal of the Irish Republican bombing campaign in mainland Britain. Mm-hmm. There was no connection between the, the Range Rover murders, the IRA or the bombings, but it was used as a pretext for issuing threats and intimidation as part of the undercover operation, so Operation Century. Okay. Suspects of... 
I've done it again. I'm so sorry. Do you know what you need? You know that stand I've got that clips on the table and then it's got like a wiggly worm that goes yeah. around like that? I'm so sorry. That, no, it's fine. That's what you need. It's one of I'm them. I'm apologising to the listeners, not you. <laughs> no, but I'm telling you, it's it's off of, uh, I think I got it off of Amazon. I'm going to I'm gonna put that there. I'm going to put that there. Well, it's because it's top heavy. Look, that's that's a terrible, I'm telling Goobroff, this is a terrible stand, this is. Goobs. He's not listening. No, no. He's no, he's going to write a... It's Daryl's. <laughs> oh, right. Blame Daryl. We can't... No. Daryl gets blamed for everything. Daryl, I love you, pal. Suspects of the families were subjected to harassing calls made by Belfast Special Branch officers posing as Republican drug runners. They'd claimed they'd funded criminal activities of the Rettington murder victims demanding payment from the families. If you hear... Sorry, whose families? The Rettenden murders. So at the oh. beginning, I said so. Uh, the Essex Boys murders, also known as the Range Rover murders and yes. the Rettenden murders. Yes, I kind of tried to interchange them so it wouldn't get repetitive too much. No, that's fine. I was just trying to think whose whose family. I'm very sorry if you're confused. I am also confused. Oh, I spend every day of my life confused. It's fine. So these Belfast officers claimed they'd funded the criminal activities of the Rettenden murder victims, demanding payment from the families for oh, their funding or supposed funding. Yeah. Um, but the methods employed by Operation Century, they were illegal and counterproductive. In May 1996, three men were arrested during a police and customs drugs operation. So Operation Century did fuck all. Okay, that's good. Essentially. I think even one of the family members that was harassed was one of the girlfriends of one of the murder victims. Oh, fuck's sake. Yeah. And um, when she sought help from the Essex police, they... What's the word? Fuck confirmed. Confirmed. Oh. Well, <laughs> confirmed that the calls were made from Belfast and that these people had come into Britain, not Britain, come to England, and um, they couldn't keep track of them. They didn't know where they were. Oh. So it's literally putting the fear of God into these people, thinking, ah, oh, shit. Fucking hell. Yeah. That's really scary, isn't it? Uh, it's terrible, really. It's just, th- this is why I get so scared about gangsters and aliens, because it, you just can't get away from either one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I concur. I'm going to definitely have nightmares about this. I'm sorry. That's fine. So, yes, the three men that were arrested were 52-year-old Michael Steele, 33-year-old Jack, I'm going to say Hooms. Okay. I don't think it's Hoomes. <laughs> No, that sounds much more fun to say. <laughs> I think it's Hooms or Holmes, but spelt real like who mes. Who mes? Okay. So I think it's Hooms. <laughs> and um, <laughs> a man named Aaron Nichols. They were all linked to the murders of Tate Tucker and Rolf. Nichols was a convicted fraudster, and upon facing a murder charge, he basically turned super grass uh. and confessed his role in the murders. He claimed to have met Steele, Holmes, and Tate a few years previously whilst at Holsley Bay Prison, which is in Suffolk, uh, where he was serving time for distributing counterfeit currency. Upon release, Nichols joined Steele's smuggling organisation and he travelled to and from Amsterdam trafficking hundreds of kilos of cannabis. More devil's lettuce. Steele was described as a sophisticated drug smuggler. I don't know quite what that means. There's like some sort of pirate connotation there. Maybe he did, didn't didn't look like your average. No, maybe he was savvy. Mm. I feel like you have to have a bit of savvy yeah. if you're going to operate a drugs business. 
mm-hmm. smuggling mm-hmm. especially. You probably need to add up as well, so I'd be rubbish at it. Yeah, you'd be shite. November 1995, he's... Uh, Steel, that is, supplied yep. a consignment of cannabis with a street value of £350,000 to take Tucker and Rolf. £350,000 in 1995 would equal £829,762 today. Jeez, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. And a lot of cannabis. But the quality was poor, so Steel agreed to take it back and return a deposit of £70,000. To, okay. To them, to Tate, Tucker, and Rolf. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Why do they call cannabis devil's lettuce? You don't smoke lettuce. Uh, the, it, yeah, but it's the leaf, I suppose. Maybe looking like a lettuce leaf. Mm. Okay. And, you know, drugs are the devil. Yeah, but lettuce, though. I don't know. It's like you with the um, Christmas ice cream that was actually a parsnip. Parsnip. <laughs> and. <laughs> The Brussels sprout, Christmas lettuce. No, it was Christmas cabbage. Christ- no, no, it wasn't. It was Christmas lettuce. Christmas yeah. lettuce, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, don't... I've got problems with my eyes as well, all right? It looked... It was a dog toy. It was a squeaky dog toy. It looked like an ice cream with a hat on. It turned out it was a parsnip because that obviously makes more sense. I'll put a picture of it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I look very happy with my Christmas Does ice cream. That, oh, I don't know if I have that photo. If not, I do somewhere. Okay, we'll find it. We'll put it on. Yeah. So why do people call it the devil's lettuce? Does it say? Oh, if you're that interested, you can go look it up. Yeah, just put it in Google. Um, (laughs) uh, Right, where was I? Sorry. That's kind of throwing me now. I do apologise. I discombobulated you. No, it's absolutely fine. Uh, Oh, here we go. Yes. So Tate denied having ever received the refund. So the deposit of the 70 grand. And he failed to return one third of the product. So Steele protested and then Tate threatened to shoot him, but not before making him beg on his knees. Tate boasted he would kill, kill, kill Steele in revenge for basically Steele protesting. Yep. And there was obviously like a to-do between them. Yeah. But Steele act, decided to act first. Oh. So on the pretense of making amends, Steele offered Tate a share in a lucrative cocaine deal. Tate, Tucker and Rolf were invited to scout out the drop-off location, which was Workhouse Lane, where they were eventually found. Ah. With the pond. Yeah. Yeah. Nichols claimed that as the Range Rover approached, Steele jumped out of the vehicle he was in to open a locked gate. But at the same time, Hooms, who was Steele's right-hand man, he lent in with a pump-action shotgun and let rip. Okay. Nichols said he didn't realise what was or what had happened until after Steele and Hooms called him to pick them up and they jumped into that vehicle. And they obviously saw blood. They were obviously talking about it, blah, 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 blah. Chaos. Chaos ensued. In an attempt to distance himself, Nichols stopped smuggling. So he stopped, you know, doing the trap into Amsterdam and wherever else. Yeah. Um, whatnot, but he did continue to, sell, uh, continue to sell drugs for steel because he feared of being an accessory to murder. So they go yeah. down, you're coming with us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was soon realised that Nichols was a weak link. So Steele and Humez were like, mm, he needs to be more involved or he's going to have to face the consequences. Yeah. But late 1997, based on Nichols's testimony, Steele and Humes went on trial for the Rettenden murders. The trial lasted four and a half months 
and proceedings were thought to have cost over £1 million. That was obviously back in the 90s. Jeez. Again, that is a hell of a lot of money. Wow. The court did hear details of Operation Century. Okay. Um, D.S. Dibley, he believed it to be an appropriate course of action after a similar thing was used against Colin Stagg during the Rachel Nichol murder case. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. The judge scathingly dismissed the prosecution because of such disgraceful tactics used. Wow. But in 1998, on the 20th of January, at the Old Bailey, the jury took just four and a half days to deliberate before returning guilty verdicts for Steele and Humez for the murders of Craig Ralph, Tony Tucker and Pat Tate. Well, first of all, I would not like to be in that jury. No. Because I'd be scared. Yep. And that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's just, it's one of those things where there's so many twists and turns, so many possibilities. Yeah, it's just a movie, isn't it? It's mind-boggling. It is. It's just, I'm just so scared of gangsters. I think it's so complicated in that kind of world. Yeah. Nothing is straightforward. There's always, you're going to find a link, no matter how vague, to something. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, that is, I mean, that's really fascinating. Didn't you tell me something about, is someone selling that Land Rover? Oh, yeah. So um, a private car collector. Oh, God, what was his name? Well, he is... Oh, God, I've forgotten the word. What is wrong with me and forgetting words? It's fine. I, I, that, normally, that's me. It, well, he's he's selling um, what he claims to be the Range Rover that Tate Tucker and Rolf were murdered in for 100 grand. I wonder if he's got... To be to be selling it and claiming that it's it was involved in that, he must have some paperwork. I would think you would need to. I wonder where he got that from, though. Mm. See, this Poli- is again. I think it's all police auctions, surely. Yeah, but I said to you, didn't I, that I'd signed up to police auctions, yeah. and I just, I, I might actually get Goober to look at it because I'm so confused. Confused. I'm confused, <laughs> and I don't really understand how they work. But because I would love to have a macabre car. I mean, that would be sick. That would be amazing. That would be just like the future is maybe a collection of macabre cars. We could have a museum. Would be good, wouldn't it? But then, but it's just, yeah, the whole thing of how do you find them, you know? That's the thing. You get them from somewhere. And I think when once everything goes into evidence, perhaps once it's not needed, that kind of thing, maybe they're kept there for a certain amount of time before they then have to be destroyed or, like I say, auctioned off. That's the only thing I can think of. That's interesting. I'm I'll, I'm going to actually, just for my own benefit, I'm going to research on who's got it and if there's any paperwork saying, yes, this is, yeah. this is the vehicle. I mean, it was reported in a newspaper and I don't think it's one of those newspapers where you trust everything is said. I mean, nothing on, nothing on TV is real, we know this. And then if, you, if you're selling it to Joe Public... They, they're not really going to know, are they, any different? They'll just be like, oh, yeah, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then, you know, it's like I've said about the cars that Zach Bagans has. Mm. He has legit paperwork from manufacturers and things like that. Yes, this is the vehicle. Yeah. So, so I definitely have to look into that more so that we can start our Cars of a Macabre Museum mm. in the future. It's. Hmm, I'm just thinking... Goober's Would you clever. have to let them know, like, legally that this car belonged to or someone was killed in this car? I well, wonder. It's the same with houses, isn't it? It, it depends where... Because I'm always going on American laws, um, and but it depends what state it's in. 
um, mm. that you have to let people know if someone's been murdered in the house. I don't know if that's the law over here. I'm going to have to look into that. But um, Goob is really clever, so I reckon he can look into the fact of where we get uh, creepy cars from. Yeah. I mean, th- this was reported in May of this year, so it's really recent. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Um... Oh, it's only, it only done 96,000 miles. What a waste. What a waste. Well, I, w- I wonder if um, I wonder if whoever buys it or or bought it is going to drive it about, or if they're going to keep it as like a museum piece. It's just, that fascinates me. Because what what do you do with it? Do you drive it about, or do you do you go? No, that is part of history. Oh, that's a bit sick. So the winner, it, it, it's been so people have to buy a raffle ticket. Oh, that's weird. Or something by the looks of things. I mean, this is in the sun. You cannot um, trust yeah. the sun. So no. raffle tickets priced at nineteen pound ninety five. And the winner is announced on December the 6th, which is the anniversary. Oh, that's not... That's awful. No, that's awful. That's tasteless. I wonder if there's still raffle tickets available. Oh, no, it's 2001. 2021, Helen. Oh, do... <laughs> Hang on, no, I saw an article from May 2023. This might have been sold... It's possibly whoever's got it selling it on, perhaps. And also, it's the sun. Oh, see, yeah, but this one's saying it was selling for charity. Oh, if it's for charity, fine. But still, mm. I feel like that's a little bit... Ooh. Anyway, so what... Sorry, I just... Oh, I just fucking hit the table with my knuckles. There you go. Yeah. Who's... This is by... Oh, Daily Mail. Oh. Mm. Um, someone claiming that they own the car. Anyway, he's selling it for 100k. I'll have a look basically. and I can put it on Instagram. Yeah. And on the last episode, we forgot to say, follow us on Instagram. I ain't got there yet. I ain't finished. No, on the last episode. The first part of the other episode. No. Oh, yeah, we the did. First yeah, part you of are right. I, we've completely gone off tangent now. So let's, let's, let's get back to it. Yeah, sorry, that's my fault. <laughs> uh, mobile phone records corroborated Nichols' testimony, but reliability of that testimony was later questioned after the fact. Mm-hmm. Steele and Humes were convicted of all three murders and given triple life sentences. Darren Nichols was placed in the witness protection program and a 250 grand price was put on his head. I was going to say fucking good luck with that because I just feel like mm-hmm. they'd find you. Steele and Humes have continued to profess their innocence um, and have unsuccessfully continued to try and challenge their convictions. Right. In 2016, the Criminal Case Review Commission began looking at fresh evidence that the men claim supports their innocence. Right. Uh, I don't. I didn't look further into that bit, so I don't know if anything come of it. Early in 2006, Humes's minimum sentence of 25 years was reduced to 22 which meant that I think it was as early as 2020 he could apply for parole due to exceptional progress in, pr- in prison. But that's not a triple life sentence then, is it? Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's it's with the justice. I mean, let's blah, not blah, even blah. get... Yeah. Uh, Steele blamed police corruption for his wrongful conviction. And since... I mean, this this whole thing has led to a huge... There's been lots of film and TV programs made about the Essex Boys, mm. and I, like I said, there was recently a documentary that my friend watched, and which is why she she suggested this episode. The in July 2000, the film Essex Boys, featuring Sean Bean, was released, and that was loosely based on the events that resulted in the murders. Okay, have you heard of Rise of the Foot Soldier? Yes, 
that entire film franchise, it starts off with someone who basically was a football hooligan. I think he then became like a bouncer for Tucker or something ah. like that. And then the rest of the film franchise then basically focused around sort of the Essex boys, the criminal activity, oh, the murders, things like that. So, yeah, that's very, very interesting. Hmm. Really interesting. That is the end of the Essex boys. Well, it wasn't. The end of them was back in 1995, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Wow. There's just so much. It's just like, it's like a firework. It just kind of explodes, doesn't it? Right. So we've got here as well. Goober's just brought it up. On the 7th of March, 2021. One of the Essex Essex Oh, Jack Holmes was released and lived in Suffolk. Oh, he was a mechanic. That's another uh, Oh, I didn't know that. Connection. There we go. And he's still fighting to clear his name. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. It's just these things, yes, they might end, but they don't ever actually really end. No. You're always going to carry that with you. And there's always, you know, someone is going to talk about it or there's going to be a film or a TV show or blah. Or a podcast. Or a podcast. (laughs) But, um, I mean, there was so much more depth that I could have gone into with all of this, but it just... This just, I think, is the tip of the iceberg, really, with everything. Uh, the the good thing about what you've told us is, like, I now, I'll go and watch the films, I'll go mm. and watch the documentary, cause, so I think you can then go think, okay, well, I want to find out a bit more about this, because it's such a complicated story. Yeah. There's so many levels to it. Yeah. And... It's just reiterated to me that I'm very scared of gangsters, aliens, and I cannot count. I think the counting thing... Is every time we do a podcast episode, we, we, <laughs> <laughs> it's every day of my life. Yeah, we've been talking about for season two. So because it's us, we're gonna do thirteen episodes per season, and we've been thinking about maybe filming for YouTube for season two. If you do like that idea, please let us know. I think it'd be quite interesting. You get to see me and Helen pulling random faces and we we gesticulate a lot we use our hands it just makes life a little bit harder for us because it means we've got to put makeup on because if we didn't believe me well not i'm not speaking for you for me you wouldn't want to watch this shit without makeup on so we're going to have to be more organized <laughs> with the visual situation on our faces yeah and then if Gooba wants to wear makeup he can He's nodding so You get to see him. He's such a pretty boy. But we, yeah, so it's just just something extra. If you want to see us as well as listen to to us, then, yeah, let us know if it's something that you're interested in us doing. And then we can, you know. Proceed accordingly. Exactly. You can get hold of us on Instagram, at Cars of the Macabre, and then we've got an email, which is Cars of the Macabre at gmail.com send us in your own personal stories anything true crime paranormal any episode suggestions that you might want us to look into and report upon yeah i'd i really want to do some listener tales Mm. so i'd love to know any kind of connection with it doesn't have to be cars it could be haunted roads yes it could be a haunted racetrack a haunted car factory a ghost mechanic i don't know yeah, there's loads of possibilities. And including that, any true crime stuff as well, because that was all paranormal. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. That's where my mind goes. <laughs> but, yeah, give, give, us, give, us, give us your stories. And also, I really want to know where I can get my own macabre car from. Yeah, if you've got any information on that. 
because that would be amazing because we also want to say thank you for everyone listening and to remind everyone to download, subscribe, rate, review, all the things. All the good stuff. Because then we can do this more and then can you imagine if we we took Cars and Macabre on some sort of tour and we had a macabre car with us? I mean, that would be a dream. It would be be a dream. Um, It would take us a lot to get there. So you guys are instrumental in making that happen. Yeah, over to you, spooky bitches. (laughs) Absolutely. It's uh, all hands on deck now for you lot. Um, But yes, uh, if you do like our content, let us know as well. I will say it again. If you don't, let us know, but we won't listen. (laughs) And thank you to Park Lane Studios for all of the magical soundness that is created because our content might not be that professional, but... At least the sound is. (laughs) Gooba Goobs, Park Lane Studios, fucking perfect, mate. Do you know what? You calling him Gooba just makes me think of the the song in Spongebob. I love Spongebob Squarepants. You know what? I was, I was listening to something years ago and they did like a Vox Pops thing on the streets where they sort of say, you know, when they ask public stuff mm. and they asked a load of people, where does where does uh, Prime Minister live? Mm-hmm. And then they asked a load of people, where does SpongeBob SquarePants live? More people knew where SpongeBob lived than where... The Prime Minister lived, and I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. So it really doesn't surprise me. Pineapple under the sea. I do know, though, you've got a project in line. In line? In mind. In mind. In mind. Yeah, I'd forgotten about it, actually. Yeah, tell us (laughs) us and our listeners about that. Well, I... So I'm I'm an artist. I'm a starving (laughs) pop artist. (laughs) And I like cars. So that's... Yeah, I am an artist and a car girl and I need a studio but I don't want all the overheads of having to rent anywhere and also I live kind of in the Midlands and that's not everyone's cup of tea of where they want to be, is it? I mean, I I like the Midlands. I do now, but I didn't used to, Um, but I do now because I've realised actually I can get to London on the train in in an hour so I don't feel like I'm in the middle of anywhere. I feel like I'm like, you know situated anyway so i would like to turn a horse box which is jessica's idea into a mobile art studio but it could also be a mobile podcasting studio so it'd be a very flexible space so that i can go to car events and such because that's what i love to do and show art do art workshops encourage conversations about mental health mm-hmm. That which is a very, very talked about thing in the car scene, the custom car scene. Everyone's really good at it and we try and encourage it a lot. So I kind of want to take some of that and do that with the horse box. So that's that's the mission. But obviously I've got to raise quite a lot of money to build a horse box. Yeah, so Helen has started a Kickstarter if you uh, are wanting to get involved. Then... Oh, it'll be over by now. Oh. By the time this is out, it'll be over. But what I will do is I will do something on my website, yeah. which is Helen Stanley official.com forward slash shop and I'll probably do some prints or something specifically for raising the money box, yeah. which is what I'm calling it so yeah go on there have a look see I love the idea I think it's brilliant 
Absolutely. Thank you so much. No, I think it's important to get out there. Like you said, it's all, for me, the big thing is like the arts with mental health and, oh, you know, definitely. the cars and stuff like that all coming together through uh, something that connects you all. Yeah. But also, it's not like art can be so snobby. Mm. Oh my God, so snobby. And you don't have to be good. If you just like doing art, well, that's it. It doesn't matter. You can colour stamp in if you want. You just, you know, pretty colours. That colors, would be whatever. me. Yeah. <laughs> just exactly. give me a printer sheet. <laughs> but no, it's... it's well, that, this, this whole thing started because I, I, I have not been able to get my artwork into galleries. Yeah. And some of the responses I've had have been downright rude and snobby um, because I work on an iPad. Mm. I do digital sketches as well as hand drawing, hand painting. Yeah. Spray paint, graffiti pen, so I can do all of the above. I like to do both, and uh, galleries, the galleries I've spoken to, anyhow, don't like the fact that a lot of the artwork is digital. Well, I'm like, we don't have to have digital art, do you? But yeah, that's annoyed me. So I'm like, I can do what I want in my own gallery, can't I? Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. And you're bringing the community together. So, well done, you. Well, thank you. Not there yet, but let's. We will. We manifest. need to manifest. We will bring the pop box to life. Democracy manifest. Manifest. <laughs> I feel like this has been a crazy podcast. The tangents, mate. The absolute tangents. Yeah. I think we're going to have to let the listeners go now because I think they're going to be sick and they pro- of us and they probably take us <laughs> they're off by gonna now. They're going to literally vomit. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, can't do any more of this. But as we said before, please like, subscribe, rate, download. Importantly, please download. Um, send us all your love. We send you all our love back. Thank you to Park Lane for making this amazing. And until the next episode, we hope you stay Stay spooky, spooky, bitches. bitches.